0: Question fifteen of Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde Treatise on the Theological Virtues The Virtue of Faith This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secunde Treatise on the Theological Virtues The Virtue of Faith By st thomas aquinas translated by the fathers of the english dominican province question 15 of the vices opposed to knowledge and understanding in three articles we must now consider the vices opposed to knowledge and understanding since however we have treated of ignorance which is opposed to knowledge when we were discussing the causes of sins In the Pars Prima Secunde question 76, we must now inquire about blindness of mind and dullness of sense, which are opposed to the gift of understanding. And under this head there are three points of inquiry. First, whether blindness of mind is a sin. Second, whether dullness of sense is a sin distinct from blindness of mind. Third, whether these vices arise from sins of the flesh. First article, whether blindness of mind is a sin. Objection one, it would seem that blindness of mind is not a sin, because seemingly that which excuses from sin is not itself a sin. Now blindness of mind excuses from sin, for it is written in John 9.41, If you were blind you should not have sin. Therefore blindness of mind is not a sin. Objection to further, punishment differs from guilt. But blindness of mind is a punishment, as appears from Isaiah 6.10. Blind the heart of this people. For since it is an evil, it could not be from God, were it not a punishment. Therefore, blindness of mind is not a sin. Objections three: Further, every sin is voluntary, according to Augustine. In on the true religion fourteen. Now blindness of mind is not voluntary, since, as Augustine says in his Confessions ten, all love to know the resplendent truth. And as we read in Ecclesiastes eleven seven, the light is sweet, and it is delightful for the eyes to see the sun. Therefore, blindness of mind is not a sin. On the contrary, Gregory, in his commentary on Job 3145, reckons blindness of mind among the vices arising from lust. I answer that, just as bodily blindness is the privation of the principle of bodily sight, so blindness of mind is the privation of the principle of mental or intellectual sight now this has a threefold principle one is the light of natural reason which light since it pertains to the species of the rational soul is never forfeit from the soul and yet at times it is prevented from exercising its proper act through being hindered by the lower powers which the human intellect needs in order to understand for instance In the case of imbeciles and madmen as stated in the first part question 84 articles 7 and 8 another principle of intellectual sight is a certain habitual light superadded to the natural light of reason which light is sometimes forfeit from the soul this privation is blindness and is a punishment in so far as the privation of the light of grace is a punishment hence it is written concerning some in wisdom two twenty one their own malice blinded them a third principle of intellectual sight is an intelligible principle through which a man understands other things to which principle a man may attend or not attend that he does not attend thereto happens in two ways sometimes it is due to the fact that a man's will is deliberately turned away from the consideration of that principle according to psalm 35 4 he would not understand that he might do well whereas sometimes it is due to the mind being more busy about things which it loves more so as to be hindered thereby from considering this principle according to psalm 57 9 fire that is of concupiscence hath fallen on them and they shall not see the sun in either of these ways blindness of mind is a sin reply to objection one the blindness that excuses from sin is that which arises from the natural defect of one who cannot see Reply to Objection 2. This argument considers the second kind of blindness which is a punishment. Reply to Objection 3. To understand the truth is, in itself, beloved by all, and yet accidentally it may be hateful to someone, far as a man is hindered thereby from having what he loves yet more. second article whether dullness of sense is a sin distinct from blindness of mind objection one it seems that dullness of sense is not a distinct sin from blindness of mind because one thing has one contrary now dullness is opposed to the gift of understanding according to gregory in his commentary on job 249 and so is blindness of mind, since understanding denotes a principle of sight. Therefore, dulness of sense is the same as blindness of mind. Objection to further, Gregory, in his commentary on Job thirty one forty five, in speaking of dulness describes it as dulness of sense in respect of understanding, Now, dullness of sense in respect of understanding seems to be the same as a defect in understanding, which pertains to blindness of mind. Therefore, dullness of sense is the same as blindness of mind. Objection 3. Further, if they differ at all, it seems to be chiefly in the fact that blindness of mind is voluntary as stated above in Article One, while dullness of sense is a natural defect. But a natural defect is not a sin, so that, accordingly, dullness of sense would not be a sin, which is contrary to what Gregory says in his commentary on Job 31.45, where he reckons it among the sins arising from gluttony. On the contrary, different causes produce different effects. Now Gregory says in his commentary on Job 31.45 that dullness of sense arises from gluttony and that blindness of mind arises from lust. Now these others are different vices, therefore those are different vices also. I answer that dull is opposed to sharp and a thing is said to be sharp because it can pierce so that a thing is called dull through being obtuse and unable to pierce now a bodily sense by a kind of metaphor is said to pierce the medium in so far as it perceives its object from a distance or is able by penetration as it were to perceive the smallest details or the inmost parts of a thing Hence, in corporeal things, the senses are said to be acute when they can perceive a sensible object from afar, by sight, hearing or scent, while on the other hand they are said to be dull through being unable to perceive, except sensible objects that are near at hand or of great power. Now, by way of similitude to bodily sense, we speak of sense in connection with the intellect and this latter sense is in respect of certain primals and extremes as stated in ethics six even as the senses are cognizant of sensible objects as of certain principles of knowledge now this sense which is connected with understanding does not perceive its object through a medium of corporeal distance but through certain other media as for instance when it perceives a thing's essence through a property thereof and the cause through its effect consequently a man is said to have an acute sense in connection with his understanding if as soon as he apprehends a property or effect of a thing he understands the nature of the thing itself and if he can succeed in perceiving its slightest details whereas a man is said to have a dull sense in connection with his understanding if he cannot arrive at knowing the truth about a thing without many explanations in which case moreover he is unable to obtain a perfect perception of everything pertaining to the nature of that thing accordingly dullness of sense in connection with understanding denotes a certain weakness of the mind as to the consideration of spiritual goods while blindness of mind implies the complete privation of the knowledge of such things both are opposed to the gift of understanding whereby a man knows spiritual goods by apprehending them and has a subtle penetration of their inmost nature this dullness as the character of sin just as blindness of mind has that is in so far as it is voluntary as evidenced in one who, owing to his affection for carnal things, dislikes or neglects the careful consideration of spiritual things. This suffices for the replies to the objections. Third article, whether blindness of mind and dullness of sense arise from sins of the flesh. Objection one it would seem that blindness of mind and dulness of sense do not arise from sins of the flesh for augustine in his reconsiderations one four retracts what he had said in his soliloquies one one god who didst wish none but the clean to know the truth and says that one might reply that many even those who are unclean know many truths now men become unclean chiefly by sins of the flesh. Therefore, blindness of mind and dullness of sense are not caused by sins of the flesh. Objection to: Further, blindness of mind and dullness of sense are defects in connection with the intellective part of the soul, whereas carnal sins pertain to the corruption of the flesh, But the flesh does not act on the soul, but rather the reverse. Therefore, the sins of the flesh do not cause blindness of mind and dullness of sense. Objection 3 Further, all things are more passive to what is near them than to what is remote. Now spiritual vices are nearer the mind than carnal vices are. Therefore, blindness of mind and dullness of sense are caused by spiritual rather than by carnal vices. On the contrary, Gregory says in his Commentary on Job, 31.45, that dullness of sense arises from gluttony and blindness of mind from lust. I answer that the perfect intellectual operation in man consists in an abstraction from sensible phantasms wherefore the more a man's intellect is freed from those phantasms the more thoroughly will it be able to consider things intelligible and to set in order all things sensible thus Anaxagoras stated that the intellect requires to be detached in order to command and that the agent must have power over matter In order to be able to move it now it is evident that pleasure fixes a man's attention on that which he takes pleasure in wherefore the philosopher says in ethics 10 4 and 5 that we all do best that which we take pleasure in doing while as to other things we do them either not at all or in a faint hearted fashion now carnal vices namely gluttony and lust are concerned with pleasures of touch in matters of food and sex and these are the most impetuous of all the pleasures of the body for this reason these vices cause man's attention to be very firmly fixed on corporeal things so that in consequence man's operation in regard to intelligible things is weakened more however by lust than by gluttony for as much as sexual pleasures are more vehement than those of the table wherefore lust gives rise to blindness of mind which excludes almost entirely the knowledge of spiritual things while dullness of sense arises from gluttony which makes a man weak in regard to the same intelligible things on the other hand the contrary virtues, notably abstinence and chastity, dispose man very much to the perfection of intellectual operation. Hence it is written in Daniel one seventeen that, to these children, on account of their abstinence and continency, God gave knowledge and understanding in every book and wisdom. Reply to Objection 1. Although some who are the slaves of carnal vices are at times capable of subtle considerations about intelligible things, on account of the perfection of their natural genius, or of some habit superadded thereto, nevertheless on account of the pleasures of the body, it must needs happen that their attention is frequently withdrawn from this subtle contemplation. Wherefore, the unclean can know some truths, but their uncleanness is a clog on their knowledge reply to objection to the flesh acts on the intellective faculties not by altering them but by impeding their operation in the aforesaid manner reply to objection three it is owing to the fact that the carnal vices are further removed from the mind that they distract the mind's attention to more remote things, so that they hinder the mind's contemplation all the more. End of question 15. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.